In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place. And welcome to episode three of In the Trenches. I am John Varlis, and joining us this week, we have a very special guest. We've had three uh, good guests so far, um, but this is the first guest we've had that actually made it to the summit, made it to the mountaintop. He has played professional football. He's played college football at the high level, and I'm proud, proud to call him a friend, Aaron Hayden from Christian Brothers. Aaron, thank you for being here, buddy. Hey, glad to be here, man. I yeah. do consider you a friend. Well, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Um, you know, um, so let's get right into it. You know, you're coaching at Christian Brothers now, Aaron, uh, assistant coach. You guys are off to a 2-0 and start, and obviously this weekend is the game. It's been moved up from the back end of the schedule to week three, but you guys are going to go over to MUS and play this week. Two undefeated teams, two arch rivals. You know, talk a little bit about that MUS-Christian uh, Brothers rivalry from the, the CBHS perspective, Aaron. I, I would say it's like uh, Tennessee, Florida when I was there, uh, Alabama, Tennessee uh, in the 90s. Uh, I think we pay attention to what they're doing all year, all summer. I think they pay attention to what we're doing. And uh, we're really excited about going over there and playing playing this game. Yeah, and it's also, it's also too, it's one of those rivalries where the fans, you know, maybe some of the fans, maybe some of the students get a little carried away and, and, and you know, with the hatred and whatever, but coaching staffs and, and you guys really respect each other, right? There's a genuine mutual respect between the programs, right? Oh, we have a lot of respect for MUS and the, and Bobby Austin and Orlando and um, Glenn over there. Yeah. Um, you know, we follow those guys. We know they're going to put a, a very good product on the field. Those guys are going to play hard uh, to every whistle and we know that we have to raise our game when you go over to Park and Ridgeway. Yeah. Now, now, are you guys approaching this game any different at all because of where it's fallen on the schedules? You know, traditionally, it's been the the last game or near the end of the schedule. But now with, you know, two new teams entering, you know, you guys region division two, triple uh, A, it's been moved up to the third week. Is that affecting your preparation at all? I, I don't think it does. I, I think you have such uh, great teams coming to this this region. You got NBA in the region now. Mm-hmm. You have Briarcrest with a fantastic team. MUS yeah. has a fantastic team. We think we have a pretty good team. And, yeah. and it's just earlier, so it gives you a chance to get into the driver's seat if you can come out with a victory. Yeah, now with, with, with uh, like you said, you guys do have a pretty good team from, from the looks of things. You know, two victories, uh, 40 points in the opener against Bob Jones was, was really impressive. And then last week, uh, a nice victory over Hillcrest. Um, what, what you know? What have you seen from the team this year that you like so far, Aaron? I just think the camaraderie, um, a young team, but they're not they don't, they're not starry eyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we have a lot of young talent, but we have some seniors like Al Wooten that's uh, providing leadership. Um, he's even better than he was last year. Wow! And then we have young quarterbacks, young running backs, young receivers, but everybody's kind of carrying their own their own load. I think uh, DJ, one of our big linemen, has really really stepped up, and I think he's one of the best around in the state. Uh, so DJ Robinson? Yeah, DJ Harden. DJ Harden, that's DJ right. DJ Harden. Yeah, yeah. Tell uh, us more right about tackle. him. Tell us more uh, about I him. think DJ's just a kid that plays from whistle to whistle. Uh, reminds me, you know, I don't want to 
put this type of uh, <laughs> uh, parameter on him. But uh, he reminds me of Trey Smith when he was playing at USJ. Wow. He's yeah. just a kid that that's that's very nasty, always smiling off the field. But when he gets in between the lines, he plays the game the, the way it should be played. He's gotten a lot stronger. He's very athletic, and I think the kid has a very bright future. Well, that's all. And, and, and Al is too. Al Wooten is another one. He's just off the field. He's just – you know, the, the nicest kid you could possibly imagine. But then when he's out there on the football field or, or wrestling for that matter, I mean, he's just an animal. How do, how do these guys, you know, throw the switch like that? How do you guys do that as football players? I, 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 think, I think when you speak about Al, uh, it's just his, uh, his work ethic. He's a very, very competitive kid from the wrestling, yeah. probably growing up wrestling a lot. Yeah. You know, mano y mano, you know, you don't <laughs> get to lean on anybody else. So I think that when he brings that to the football field, he just kind of turns into a, a real angry I call him a violent player, yeah. which is a uh, benefit in football, you yeah, know, in between yeah. the lines. But off the field, he's one of the most respectful, respectful, um, intelligent, articulate young men you ever want to meet. Hey, he really is. I mean, Al, Al is tremendous, and you know, I've I've met him and talked to him many times in the past, and uh, you know. DJ, I'm I'm excited to hear about him. I mean, you guys got always no shortage of talent and, and coaches. Obviously, too modest to mention this, but there's another young player over at CBHS named Dallin Hayden, who is the coach's son, who's uh, pretty good too. How, how's Dallin doing so far? Da- Dallin, Dallin's coming along. Uh, Dallin's very competitive. Um, Dallin's, of course, has the spotlight on him since he's been little. He's yeah. Chase's little brother and my son, and he's handled it well. Uh, I've been very proud of the way he's he's worked at it and um, how quickly he's grown into it. Um, I think. You know, Chase probably had it a lot worse uh, just coming right behind me. Right. But I think Dallin's been there to see kind of both what Chase has done and then now Chase is gone. And he kind of wears it as a chip on his shoulder to, you know, prove that he's he wants to be better than his brother and better than his dad. Well, what kind of, what kind of advice when you talk to, to Dallin, what kind of advice do you give him? Because it's, it's got to be tough for him, whereas, you know, like you said, with, with Chase, Chase Hayden, you know, the coach's older son who's now at Arkansas and doing really well, you know, he he followed you and he was compared to you. But with Dallin, it's like his his dad was a terrific football player and his brother was a terrific football player. So he's got the double. How, I mean, you know, what do you what kind of things do you say to Dallin to help keep him grounded and and, and confident and happy? Well, you, you know, my you know, my family. So, you yeah. know, I'm a straight shooter. So I just yeah. tell him, hey. You're gonna have a spotlight on you, and you can do one or two things. You can outwork it, outwork your your uh, your competitors. You can outwork your brother. You can outwork me because Dallin has so much talent. But at the end of the day, just be you. Uh, you don't try to be me. Don't try to be Chase. Just be you. Mm-hmm. And he's got plenty of plenty enough talent to just go out there and be himself and make a name for himself. And to be honest, he's probably on a bigger stage than. Chase was and I was, you know, coming out of high school in Detroit. Yeah, and 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 and, and you mentioned that, and I'm glad you did, but because things are so much different from, uh, you know, when you were in high school. You know, you and I are close to age. I think I'm a little bit older, but we're, you know, you're the we're close to age, and there was no social media. Obviously, there was maybe one or two publications that would put out recruiting lists, and that was it. Um, but now it's everywhere. You know, a player like like your son, a player like, you know, Chase or Al Wooten or DJ, anybody that shows a little bit of potential, any I mean, they're known right away. I mean, how you know, how how does Dallin cope with this in, in, in this modern age we live in of recruiting and spotlights and everything? I, I think his brother helps. I think I can help just what I went through. I, I of course we didn't have this type of uh, social media access, yeah. but you know, I had the attention and what I tell them all the time, what potential comes, that, that, P, that P word gets people in trouble a lot of times. Yeah. And with the potential, I mean, he had an offer as an eighth grader. So uh, my perspective is I'm there to tell them 
to make sure he's mature enough to understand that means absolutely nothing. And each Friday night that you go out there, you got to give your best and represent your name. I mean, you, you do have a name and um, you do have talent and don't get caught up in this, this social media uh, atmosphere. So as you know, I, I, I kind of, I'm really tough on my kids Yeah. Um, as far as asking them to be mature and, and that they put the work in. And then once the games come, just go ahead and, you know, play the game. So I probably prepared them to, to handle it because I never tell them they're, they're too good until they sign on uh, college, uh, what, February 3rd or February yes. 5th, whatever signing it is. Signing day, yeah. For yeah, sure. when they sign on signing day, that's when I tell them they've made it. Yeah, and, and, and too, conversely to that, you know, you got people telling you you're you're awesome on social media. But then and – I, and I've seen you go back and forth with some people on this – they, people tell you you stink on social media too. They're not hesitant to tell you. Even high school kids are not hesitant to tell you, "Hey, you stink. You know, yeah. you're you're awful. You should have done this. You should have done that." I mean, the the negative is just as bad as the positive, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I I call them Twitter gangsters. Twitter gangsters. <laughs> you you, have, you gang, have to be aware they, of the Twitter gangsters. They gang gangsters. up on people and, and they jump you when you're not looking. Yeah, everybody <laughs> has an opinion, and that's that's their opportunity to be John Varlis. You know, yeah. guys that are doing it as a profession. But now you got all these guys. You know. Twitter Joe that that has something to say to to a teenager or or a young kid and you know I I give my opinions a lot about like UT football yeah, yeah. I really don't talk about Arkansas football because I feel like that's not fair um, to Chase but I talk about something that's dear and near to my heart and that's UT football but I never talk about kids like I never get personal and talk about particular kids you know I just talk about the program but so many people can come at you negatively and even your rivals and your peers uh, you know that one will get a lot of things said to him on, on social media and his DMs from from peers really? that don't even know him. So, you yeah. know, that's just part of it. If if they're talking about you, though, I tell them all the time. I tell my boys, if they're talking about you, you're relevant, and nobody talking about you, you're not relevant. That, that, I mean, that's that's a good point because nobody's talking about the, you know, the third string, right. you know, tackle or whatever. Yeah. Nobody's, you know, nobody's talking about the the punter, unfortunately. I, you know, I, I, I love special teams and respect them, but right. nobody's talking about the punter. You're right. right. They're, they're coming after the stars and, and, and the big names. But, I mean, it, it's just it's just got to be tough. I don't know how, how these kids today uh, put up with it. I mean, I can imagine that, you know, at a school like Arkansas, you know, Chase gets a lot of that too. I mean, is it fair to say that he does? He does. And Chase is very mature, as you know. He's one of those kids that he told me last night, he said, Dad, don't tweet at me, don't DM me, because I'm off Twitter. He's like, So, you know, just call me <laughs> yeah. or text me because he he realizes he's like, it affects you. Yeah. He was, he was very honest. He's like, it affects you. And I tell them all the time. I say, first they love you, then they hate you, then they love you again. That's just the way it works in, in sports. Uh, depending on what you did that week, depending on how hot you were or how cold you were. I've been there. I've been at the top of the mountain right. when it comes to playing sports, and I've been at my lowest low, you know, at the uh, bottom of the valley. And I just, you know, I always keep it real with my kids to say, you know, give 100%, 110%, um, work your tail off, give your best, look yourself in the mirror and say, I did it. And that's the only person. It's not me. It's not your mom. It's not all these people that put pressure on you. It's you when you look yourself in the mirror. And you've given your all. You should be able to smile and walk away. Now, now how is uh, how is Chase doing at Arkansas? They opened up the season uh, on Saturday with a, a victory over Portland State. Maybe not as decisive as you know some people would have expected or hoped or thought, but you know a win is a win, and you know they got a chance to play again this week and improve. And but but how's Chase doing? He's doing well. Uh, last year he was a little nicked up yeah. from that freshman year when he he, he broke his leg, and I kind of wish he would have probably redshirted since yeah. he had the redshirt year. 
but you can't, you know, you can't tell kids <laughs> much. You can't, when, when not, wanna, not kids like when Chase. Play. <laughs> he's so competitive. He want to bounce back and play. And and now he's back to being himself. So I'm, I'm expecting, you know, you're only as good as the guys up front. A lot of people don't realize, you know, we get the notoriety in the backfield, but you're only as good as the guys up front. And I do think they're, they've gotten a lot better up front. He's playing with two probably NFL running backs uh, in the backfield with him and Boyd and Whaley. Mm-hmm. So I think they're very talented back there. And, and he's had a heck of a spring and he had a heck of a summer. So I'm expecting him to bounce back and be who he, who he was before. Well, why is it, why is it, uh, Aaron, you know, you hear so many, you know, football takes a bad rap in a lot of quarters these days. Why is it that, you know, I, I guess what I'm asking is, you know, you played football, you know how violent and dangerous it can be, but, but, you know, why did you uh, let your boys play? Why is, you know, why is it okay for, for some parents, but not for others? It's a tough decision, obviously, but you know, what, what did you tell your boys about playing football when they said, Hey dad, I want I want to play football too. Well, well, for me, it goes, I've learned so many things just from life lessons that I've used in business, I've used in my life, my personal life, mm-hmm. my way, the way I raise my kids, the type of father I am, the type of husband I am that I've learned from from football. You get knocked, knocked down, you get you get back up. Right. Uh, you compete against people, you give the best that you can possibly give. It teaches discipline, organization, courage, um, how to overcome self-doubt. I've just learned so many life lessons in football that if my boys wanted to play, I was going to allow them to play. I've just done a lot of uh, research. I do a lot with uh, youth football, mm-hmm. um, the NFL youth football program, and learning as far as research and how to prevent concussions and what you do after you get a concussion, yeah. which is probably most important. So I've, I've been educated a lot on it. And as you know, I really kind of pushed Chase towards basketball yeah. um, early on, and, and he decided he wanted to play football. And, I, and I'm one just like him going to Arkansas over Tennessee. Once they Once they show me – that they can do it and, and they do it the right way. I kind of let them make their decisions. So Absolutely. I, I'm not against kids playing football. Um, I don't feel like every kid has to play football. If you want to play it, you know, that's fine. It's not for everybody because it takes a lot. Yeah. And, it, and, and everybody can't make it to the top of the mountain, you know, in that game. But if you got something special about you and you enjoy the game and, and, my, and my kids just have always enjoyed the game and played it the right way. And I got one more that, uh, nine-year-old Cullen, he he enjoys playing football. So I'm not going to stop him playing, but I have a lot of my teammates in the NFL. Uh, Jerome Bezos is a good friend of mine. He will not let his kids play football. Yeah. Dorsey Levins will not let his kids is play football. Is that right? Football. But I, hadn't, I didn't have that same experience. I've had concussions. Yeah. I feel like I'm still very intelligent, uh, articulate. I'm able to do my, my, my corporate job. <laughs> you are. So I'm, I'm fine, <laughs> and I'm still walking around. So, I, you know, I love the game. I just – I feel like I've gotten more from the game than the game has ever done negatively to me. Right, right. And, and, and that, and that's a, and that's a valid point. You know, somebody, I mean, you, you had a terrific career, but you know, somebody like Jerome Bettis, you know, had a, you know, a, a hall of fame career, yeah. played for many, many years, probably, you know, took a lot of punishment, saw a lot, you know, a lot of more things maybe than you did. Um, so it's understandable from his point, but I, I guess what I'm hearing you say is it's just, an individual thing that every parent should just do their research, look into, ask the right questions, maybe talk to somebody like you or, or, or Jerome Bettis or whoever may be in their area that they can talk to and just, just educate themselves. Right. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of information out there. There's more concussions and I hope nobody gets on me about this in uh, cross country, girls, cross country, soccer, mm-hmm. um, lacrosse. There's more, there's more per capita, per capita, you know, more per- capita, uh, 
concussions in those sports than there are football. And really what people need to understand is really what you do after the concussion. So if you're in a program where you have a concussion, I remember I had a concussion, I played for Green Bay, and they wouldn't let me go back on the field for about three weeks. Right. I played for another team that let me play in three days. Right. And I wasn't as educated as I am now, and it's the repetitive. It's like a boxer where, you know, you don't have a boxer go fight 12 rounds, get knocked out, and then go get back in the ring and fight again Monday morning. Mm -hmm. So that's really the problem. You don't you don't allow the brain enough time to to uh, the swelling to go away and to regenerate itself. Then you keep just punching, 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 and that's where you get most of the damage. And, and I know, I know what a school like Christian Brothers too. You know, you guys do put the emphasis on safety. You put the emphasis on breaks throughout practice when the weather's warm. You know, uh, water breaks, all that stuff, stuff that we didn't have when we were younger and we were playing, right? Sure. And, and and if and if a kid comes to you and says, "Hey, coach, you know, I'm I'm just not." I'm I'm feeling bad. You know, you guys aren't going to push it nowadays, right? Right. And the thing right. I love about Coach McDaniel, we we don't do a lot of like when I played high school football, and even when I played college football, there was a lot of high impact during practice. But Coach McDaniel does a very good job of we go full speed, but it's protect yourself and protect each other and play as fast as you can without all the physicality of just knocking, knocking, knocking heads against each other uh, all the time. And then the other thing they do, and a lot of high schools do this, but, you know, Christian Brothers, the trainer is strictly – they have all the power when it comes to concussions right. or injuries. So as coaches, we don't even deal with them. As soon as they see them, something happens. It's the trainer's They're over there taking the and it's their decision. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been around sometimes when that's not the case, and I love that because it takes the pressure off the kid. It takes the pressure off the coach. And it gives it to somebody that's educated on how to deal with it. Um, that, that's awesome, man. I'm really glad to hear that because I'm I'm listening to you talk and I'm thinking back to when I had my modest football career, you know, 30, 32 years ago. And we'd practice in the sun, you know, no water. Water was for, for, for sissies. Yeah. You know, water was for quitters. Yep. That kind of and – and I'm sure you experienced a lot of the same yep. thing. It's just evolved so much more now and it's, you know, it, it's a different game, really. Yeah, it's, a, it's a different game. You have a – a more intelligent kid, you have a, a kid that's has other options. I mean, to be honest with you, John, football was my way out of Detroit. I yeah. was in the city. Yeah. And, you know, I look at my kids and my kids have options. I mean, they yeah. have three point five GPAs and could go to college without playing sports and they're into social media and music and, and computers and, and just so many different things yeah. that, that they know, you know, when I was coming up all you really knew was you either play sports or you became a policeman or you know, a teacher, just, you know, basic things. These kids know about all type of industries and yeah. professions. And, and so they have so many different um, options and, and their vocabulary is just on a whole nother level when you're talking to these kids. Oh, you're right. When, I mean, when it comes uh, to yeah. Yeah. Inter I mean, yeah. We go back to Al Wooten. I mean, talking to a kid like Al is, is like talking to a, is like talking to an adult. It's like talking to, to you, you and I talking to each other. You know, these kids are so mature and, and, and it brings me back to, you know, an, another thing that I, you know, frequently tell people when I talk to them about high school sports, when you get to be a, a, a good player at this level, like, a, you know, like Chase Hayden or, or Al Wooten or Dallin Hayden, you know, it, the knuckleheads have pretty much been weeded out at this stage, haven't they, Coach? If you're going to put in the time to be a successful football player, basketball player, soccer player, you know, you can't be a knucklehead. You, you, you know, they're weeded out by this point because you got to, you know, you devote so much to it, right? Yeah, I've learned that, especially being over at uh, Christian Brothers. 
uh, with Coach McDaniel. <laughs> I mean, you pretty much weed out the guys that really don't want to be out there, the guys that aren't committed to the team because you got 6 a.m., you know, three days a week, you're 6 a.m., weightlifting. Yeah, you guys are lifting after that, the crack you're of dawn over there. Um, I mean, for Labor Day, I went to the game in Fayetteville, had to drive back for practice, you know, at 12 a.m. I mean, at 12 uh, p.m. Yeah. And then the next morning, you know, we were out there at 8. You know, that's a lot to, for a lot of people to do. And a lot of kids on our team and a lot of kids at MUS and Briarcrest, you know, the, the Omaris and Jabaris and Dallins and Al's yeah. and all those Marcus Henderson, all those type of guys, they get the notoriety because they get a lot of the percentage of the plays. But a lot of those guys, I, I would say 75% of those guys may not even play or get, you know, 10, 10 plays or less. But they're out there doing it, you know, at all the same. Yeah. And just like those guys doing, giving 110%. And that's what the game is all – to me, that's what the game is is all about because those guys are learning lessons that they will take into corporate America, you Le- know, or to college. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, so. football's short, as you know. Yep. And, and, and you know, there's for – mo- for a lot of kids, there's going to be a, a regular nine-to-five job afterwards. But, you know, you can take those lessons into uh, – like you said, in the corporate world or even, you know, even something frivolous like journalism, you can do it oh, there too. Pro- so. Professional. <laughs> <laughs> Last question, man. And you can, you can vouch for me. You can back me up. I talked to Aaron about being a guest on this show before Saturday. So I did not know that UT was going to go out and, and lay the big egg against Georgia State like they did. And, and Aaron's a, a former Vol, as, as everybody knows, I'm sure. Still a big, you know, supporter and booster of the program but man uh you know let's talk about the elephant in the room for a couple minutes what what happened you know I I don't know it is an elephant in the room and and I was hurt boy and and people piled on and 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 it was too soon (laughs) right right, right after the game I was actually in Fayetteville looking at the game on my phone so I couldn't hear it but I could see it and uh I just you know I just to be honest I just don't think we're playing with the type of effort for a team or a program that's in a desperate state. I know a lot of people won't like to hear that word, yeah. but I feel like we're in a desperate state because of the tradition that we've had and how far we are from that. Yeah. And I was, you know, I think a lot of us were thinking and hoping, and I think we're still thinking and hoping that uh, this is the beginning to turning it back around and uh, getting back uh, to the top of the mountain. And I think we just got shell-shocked. I think yeah. we got hit in the face, hit in the mouth, and uh, I, I don't think our kids responded. Now, I do think – I spent a lot of time with Coach Pruitt. I think Coach Pruitt is the answer. I think he has a heck of a staff up there. Uh, Coach Former's back involved. So many former players, Al Wilson, Leonard Little, Peyton Manning, of course. So many former players are, are back involved, and everything seems right. I just think the kids have to understand uh, where we come from, uh, where we've been, and and be proud to put that uh, jersey on and go out there and play. And right now, I don't know that we have a lot of kids that uh to get that you know Trey Smith gets it yeah Jawan Jennings gets it but we got to get you know back when I played there were there were you know 75 guys that felt like that yeah and uh will give their all for Tennessee and and I'm, I'm not seeing it right now well and it's like what you were saying too do, I mean do you I mean it goes back to kids having maybe other interests or divided loyalties or divided interests I mean you know maybe it's not just Football is maybe not just the most important thing to a lot of these guys, even though they're in college on a football scholarship. I mean, could that be possible? Well, think? I think I would even take it back, JV, to the high school level. Yeah. I know a lot of these kids because I coach AAU basketball, you know, the Memphis War Eagles for all those years. So um, I won't say any specifics, but I think a lot of these kids over the last – I mean, I can go all the way back um, with Dylan Mitchell, you know, Marcus Mitchell, 
raised him like I raised mine. Yeah. So yeah. So he he give it, he gave it his all, and he's one of the best to probably come through here. But after that, uh, those next that next group of kids, I think they start liking getting recruited a little bit more than they like than they love football. I think a lot of these kids nowadays in Memphis, and I know quite a few of them pretty well. Yeah. I, I train a, quite a few of them, and and I can tell that a lot of them don't love football. You you take a kid like Eric Gray. Chase Aiden, they love football. Right. So they're out there. Everything they can do, they're doing it to do football. But a lot of these guys, Jabari Small is a kid. He loves football. But there's a lot of these these high-ranked kids around here, they kind of just like football. And they like they love getting recruited. They love, they love the taking attention. the picture. They love being in Oklahoma and Alabama and, and Tennessee and taking the pictures. And doing the, the edits and, and with the jersey. And, yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. And what they don't realize is when you get on that, get on that SEC stage, it's a whole nother beast, and and everybody from their hometown is all American, and 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 it's all Metro, and 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 Player of the Year, and stuff like that. And if you don't love it, it's easy to walk away, especially when you have so many other things that you could you could be doing. Well, Aaron, man, I cannot thank you enough for your time. It was great, great insight, just like I I, I knew you would have, and I I really appreciate it, man. And uh, I'm not going to pick sides because I, I got I got friends at both schools, but let's just hope CBHS puts on a better show than UT did. Uh, uh, I, I will promise you Friday. this. I don't my, know my what goodness. will happen in the outcome, <laughs> but I promise you CBHS will play hard, and I'm pretty sure MUS is going to play hard. So it'll be a hard it'll be a hard hard fought game, and like I said, it, it'll it'll be a momentum game, and and whoever gets a break or two. Normally Wednesday game. If you go look at the last since I've been around four years, yeah, you know that's how that's how it's been. But I just I enjoy the excitement around it. Um, I hope we're able to pull it out because I'm going to the Grove and there'll be a whole bunch of MUS people there. Uh, because it's always, we're, yeah, Arkansas yeah. is in fair. Arkansas is in Oxford this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, all the Ole Miss people will be there. It'd be kind of hard. Uh, win or lose, I'll be wearing my CBHS stuff now. <laughs> well, 7 p.m. At, at Stoke Stadium, come see uh, Christian Brothers, uh, Dallin Hayden, Al Wooten, you know, uh, DJ Robinson, and all the great stars from MUS, Marcus Henderson, the big tackle. Um, you know, a lot of great talent over there at MUS, too. Uh, so, yeah, 7 p.m., 6191 Park Avenue. Be there early. It's going to be a great game. We Coach, just call it Parker Ridgeway. Parker Ridgeway. Thank you so much for your time, Coach. Really uh, appreciate you, brother. Me. In addition, of course, to the big Christian Brothers game at MUS this week, um, we got a couple other interesting games on the schedule, and, and it might actually be a good week for a, a road trip if you want to, you know, go see some high school football in uh, different parts of the uh, different parts of the region. Whitehaven, the number one team in our uh, daily Memphian Power 15 rankings, is going to go to uh, North Little Rock to play on Friday, and that's going to be a matchup of last year's. Um, Tennessee State runner-up against the Arkansas State runner-up. Both teams are undefeated, and that should be a terrific game. And then uh, another team heading on the road is Cordova. Very impressive with uh, victory so far over Central in Germantown. They're going down to South Panola to take on a, a much-improved South Panola team, another matchup of 2-0 and teams, and that's going to be a, a good game down there in Batesville if you want to go down there and check that one out. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of In the Trenches. You can look forward to new episodes every week on Wednesday afternoons. And don't forget, you can also call our hotline and leave a voicemail with questions or comments that we'll play on next week's episode. The hotline number is 901-286-2384. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at John Varlis, and you can find this podcast and more from The Daily Memphian anywhere you get your podcasts, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Thanks for listening.
In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.